there anything to sing? Uh, Our God is an awesome God. He plays baseball for kids. That's by the outfield, that song. So it's you sang about the angels. I sang about the outfield. Oh, wasn't there like a 50s doo-wop group named the angels? Probably. Don't they sing my boyfriend's back? Okay. Did you know that the angels who sang, as you mentioned, my boyfriend's back... (laughs) No, were, now now you're full of fucking trivia. You didn't were, even know them half a minute were ago. Also in the band The Outfield. <laughs> podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they were any good thanks for having me oh hey audience <laughs> i didn't also, see you there i'm dj this is damon as i mentioned first <laughs> woof. <laughs> um how you doing and damon? i don't mean in the scruff way woof. i mean that you whiffed it how you doing that's a joke for our little gay fans you wouldn't get it nervous about- i'm fine to answer your question stop nervous. harassing me about how i am Okay, so we're talking about Angels in the Outfield this week, and just before we get to anything, why don't you just floor the people with what's coming? I don't want to... I don't want to... I'm sorry, what? What I don't am I doing? these kind people who are listening to this podcast to have to wait any longer to hear your Danny Glover impersonation. <laughs> TJ, I... The, they've been clamoring for it. No, I know. I saw the letters. You, you did a weird, like, Miracle on 34th Street thing where you came walking <laughs> in with bags and bags of letters. Yeah. You put them on my desk. We don't because, even have an address which listed is, anywhere, which I know, is weird. I know, which I found weird and uh, showed me all the letters of people clamoring for it. But I hate to say it, but you'll have to wait a little bit longer. Okay. That right. is going to be the sweet, sweet cherry on top Ooh. where I give you Danny Glover, father of Donald Glover... <laughs> Uh, Brother of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I'm going to get you that sweet, sweet Danny Glover impression. Okay, besides... Now, you're probably going to think, wow, this hit asterisk podcast <laughs> was able to get Danny Glover, Tony Award winner, Danny Glover, Oscar nominee, <laughs> Danny Glover. Oscar watcher, <laughs> at least. <laughs> Besides your spot on, oh yeah, Danny Glover impersonation. Which I'm a humble again, man. I am a humble man, but even I cannot deny. In all fact, of our listeners humble. know that it's humble to say it's spot on. That's not that's enough. How good it is. That's yeah, chameleon. I'm an audio chameleon. It's doppelgangerific. Yeah, um, a doppelganger for your ears. <laughs> which is what the it's a Doppler ganger because. Right, the Doppler as, effect. As the, That's as what the it is. Danny Glover impersonation gets farther away, it turns red. Is that is that right? And then they put the lightning strikes on it, so you can see where all the lightning struck. Right. In the, in You're the thinking meantime. the Doppler radar. Okay, <laughs> sure. I'm following. Um, do you have any other memories of Angels in the Outfield? This is Jogo Lev, right? Baby Jogo Lev. Yeah, this is uh, J- Jogo Lev. Mm-hmm. This Otherwise, is, it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Don't right. No, I I, I just don't was pretend like you to, don't know who that. I was is. just checking your work. You're literally I'm like, wearing. I'm like the stepdad who's just like, hey, buddy, let me. Uh, you need help with your homework? 
What are you doing? Shorten celebrities' names? Let me just let me just check what you're doing here. Oh, they got a new format for how they do this that I'm not familiar with. You're uh, literally wearing a Jogo Love fan club polo shirt right now. So ooh, I don't. Polo, yeah, the embroidery. This yeah. isn't an iron on. This is embroidered. That's uh, yeah. comes with um, the fan club membership. So this is baby Jago Love. Mm-hmm. Jogo Love. Love. Um, you've got uh, the woman, the the who played the homeless woman um, in Home Alone Two, the pigeon oh. lady. She plays their foster mother. Okay. Okay. You have. So we have like orphans. Yeah, you've got standard Disney orphans. Okay. Um, no, the they're not orphans them. because he's got a dick father. Okay. His father's a dick, which triggers the whole plot. Okay. You've got the last hurrah of may he rest in peace, Christopher Lloyd. Okay. Still alive. Still but alive. Do we really need to bring up Santa buddies? Like, that's offensive to me. Is it Bourbon Commando was before this? Ooh, but I'm not counting that either. And Baby Geniuses, but still, that was after this. But this is the last hurrah of a movie I have at least positive memories about. Mm. Uh, this Tony was Danza, right? Tony Danza. Oh, let's go over the baseball players, because I confused this with, with uh, the other one, Tendinitis, the movie. Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Right. This one's Tony Danza. Mm-hmm. I think a young Tony, Nat- Dan- Tony Danza, the, He's the Timothy Busfield, mm-hmm. uh, Gary Busey, Gary Busey yeah. character. Okay, I think a young Matthew McConaughey. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Still before um, Rogaine, I think, but I think he keeps his hat on the entire time. Oh, did he have like massive hair loss? I, think I of Dazed that. and Confused. Come over. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. I'm visualizing. Cool, 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 cool. Um, I think there's some other, anyone else in the, I know there's more people on the baseball team. Does Daniel Stern, no, that's Rookie of the Year. That's Rookie of the Year. Daniel Stern is in the year. And we got three movies to contend with here. Cause, uh, right, we got yeah. triplets. Yeah. Uh, We're carrying triplets. I don't remember much of what goes on in this movie. This was not, Rookie of the Year and Little Big League were big to me. Like I, I watched them a lot. I knew them. This one, I'm sure I saw but I don't have any memories of. I think it was already when I was what like twelve when this came out, and it was already too preachy for me. I was like, I, I don't know, I'm good. Um, I remember that this. I know I've said this with at least like five movies, but this is one of those teachers got a hangover movies. Like we okay. had like that recess sort of every six weeks. They gave us like a field day, and if you wanted to watch, stay indoors and watch a movie. Which <laughs> boy did I? Surprisingly, <laughs> I did. Um, after, of course, I won the four-square tourney, you know, right. after mm-hmm. you've bested everyone on the field, it's like, well, I might as well just go yeah. watch a live-action Disney movie from the 90s, one of the spoils of war, of right. having <laughs> defeated my opponents. Right. Um, so I watched this a few times just because of that. I feel like the school had, like, five videotapes, and it's like, yeah. it's this or Little Rascals, what do you want? Mm. I'm like, I guess I'll take Angela and I don't know. Um, this is a remake of a 50s right. movie, mm-hmm. which I have not seen. And it features members of both the Angels and the Outfield, the two musical mm-hmm. acts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this one is one of those stupid movies where <laughs> God is just like just letting the world go to shit. But because, you know, a father and a son are having trouble, he's like, I'm going to send all my best men out there to, to go win a pennant. To literally guide a baseball into a right. glove. Right. To cheat yeah. for a team. Yeah. Like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ would want us to. I this is the division of heaven that also helps like rappers win Grammys. Like this is that like ah fuck it. What are we doing? 
we'll help win a baseball team, whatever. I always think that's crazy. Like, I know that, like, a lot of people, I'm not going to try to get percentages or anything, but, like, a lot of people are saying, I'm thinking. People are, people are saying. Pe- a lot of people are saying. People are saying. No, when they, when they thank God for, like, a, a sports win, for example, many people, when they do that, are saying, God helped me, you know, blah, 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 blah. Are you therefore, talking as an athlete saying yes. God helped me? And I don't, and I, but some of them. Regular fans also pray for those Some things. of them must mean basically what happens in this movie is that their hand is literally guided by I mean, if God Lord. is on your side and is actively helping you win as an omniscient, omnipotent being, as we are to believe he is, children, uh... <laughs> I mean, there's no way he cannot be cheating for you, essentially. He's changing how things, the outcome of things, theoretically. And it's like a... Although, if you believe in Calvinism, you were going to win the game anyway. Right. Well, but it's an inherently solipsistic way of thinking, because you're like, like, if, if God is on your side, then, like, what did the other people do? They're literally just playing you in a soccer game. Chill out. Like... Those people are demons from the devil. It's very... I mean, sports are... Dumb. By their very nature, Dumb. well, it's a, it's a it's a substitute for war, right? Like it's a us versus them kind of thing, and it, and that's like it's acting out what what a war in different ways, like by sure. kicking a ball, by like I will buy into your in the your most purpose. general vaguest of sense, but that's where like that's why the tribalism is like, well, I guess that's healthier than actual war. That's what I always <laughs> right. try to think until it's not, you know, until there's riots. Did John Kruk go home with his life? Well, then I guess it all worked then, out. Yes, yeah, then we're okay. John Kruk, again, MVP of this now, goddamn fucking <laughs> podcast. I feel like I'm probably going to have, I mean, it, that feels like it plays a little bit into my Santa Claus theory of Santa Claus in movies. Right. Overarching theory where it's like. I mean, Lauren's pet peeve. Well, also, my pet peeve, like, why doesn't anyone know that Santa Claus exists if everyone's getting gifts in this fucking world? Right. Why is everyone shooting at Tim Allen if you know someone brought a kayak into your fucking home? So you're saying... You didn't buy it. You're saying if if angels or God is actively helping your team win, then you would know... Because they don't know about it, right? Like, Maybe. I don't know if this actually like only plays the, that theory. Only the kids believe. That's why they go flap. 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 No, that's... I'm confusing it. No, with no, Mighty ain't, Ducks. Do no, they that, say flap. They don't say flap, but okay. they do do the wing thing. Okay. Uh, I can't tell. I really am excited to see how this movie will play out because it will either drive me slowly insane, or I will find it charming enough to you know, hold me over. You know what's going to bother me is that they're going to refer to the angels as the California Angels when everyone knows they're the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Which Wait, is I'm sorry. How they ridiculously are referred to now. That it's is the stupid. dumbest thing. That's yes. like the my, the University of Miami of Ohio. Yes. It's like you need to name it something else because that's confusing to everyone. Well, that's not what it's called. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that one's on you. I, I already said it. That's what your school's name is. Um, okay, so we're going to watch Angels in the Outfield, 1994 Disney movie, and it's not around a lot of places right now. I think this one's in the vault. Ooh, uh, Disney vault. Let it out for us. We're a hit asterisk podcast. But I did Just let it out. Find one somewhere, but I'm not going to tell you where. Because <laughs> I don't want you to boot. Like, I want you to go where crack could open you, the where vault. Where could you find a video online? I wouldn't even know. Like, say you 
Yeah. We're going somewhere through a tube. <laughs> well, I was going somewhere tubular. Yeah. Like in a radical sense. You might be able to find it there. Um, all right. We'll be back in a minute. Damon, do you think if I prayed hard enough, I could give money to a podcast? <laughs> um, well, yeah, but you know, uh, you know what I always say. What? God helps those who go to patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot themselves. That's so true. I believe that's a proverb. I believe so. I believe uh, old King David wrote that one. If you go into chapter patreon.com slash verse your inner child is an idiot. No, that's confusing, that's isn't it? really no one's going anywhere now. Become a patron. Get your name right in the credits. Get drawings, get songs, all kinds of good stuff, depending on your support level. Uh, we'd really appreciate your help. Uh, you'll be like our angels. You'll, you'll be much like Christopher Lloyd. The late Christopher Lloyd. He very rarely donates on time. <laughs> back we watched angels in the actual outfield damon please recap this movie for me and for our listeners all right i think we watched the same movie 1980s america new york city prior walter sees an angel he's afflicted with aids he sees an angel in his the angel is afflicted with aids no no prior is afflicted with aids now i should mention he is the third of his name Comes from a generation of Walters. There's also a Mormon guy. His wife's schizophrenic. Meryl Streep is there. She sometimes plays a rabbi. Are we on the same page here? I feel like maybe... Tony Kushner's dialogue? I'm... Sometimes a little cerebral? Um, I'm pretty... Th- Roy Cohn? <laughs> sometimes played by Al Pacino, but most recently played by Nathan Lane. Al Pacino. I'm pretty sure you're thinking of Simone. <laughs> I forgot that both in Angels in America and in Simone, he plays horrible person Roy Cohn. <laughs> That's Angels in America. Oh, my God. It's almost like I did that on purpose. We're, we're not talking about that movie. We're, we're talking not about, talking about that. We're talking about 1994's Disney's Christopher Lloyd's. Angels in the Outfield. Although, I, you know, this is tangential, but if you can see Disney's version of Angels in America, I highly recommend it. They take out the Roy Cohn. They take out all the AIDS. <laughs> they take out all the poignant things that Tony Kushner wrote. <laughs> but the animation is spot. <laughs> all hand-drawn. All hand-drawn. Well, it's before the CGI came in. Yeah. Speaking of CGI, there's <gasps> some in this movie. <laughs> you want to recap this one? Oh, do I? Yeah. National pastime, baseball. Baseball. Three men on the plates and a man over on a different, slightly smaller plate. And he's throwing balls at yet another plate. Okay. Okay. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt, his mom's dead. He's hanging out with his friend JP, whose dad is dead? 
I th- his parents are just not around. I don't do anything. I think they were broke. They were. Yeah. I think he was affected they, by homelessness. They gave him up. Yeah. Anyway, there is Dermot Mulroney a- is, uh, mm-hmm. plays uh, Deadbeat Dad. Roger's dad. Mm-hmm. Beat Dead. Uh, <laughs> he, they are in the care of the pigeon woman from Home Alone 2. Her. And there's some sort of some sort of device. German Mulrooney says, ah, we'll be a family again when the angels win the pennant. Here's a little spoiler, though. The angels are not a very good team in this hmm. universe. But uh, J.G. Gell, nope, <laughs> J.G.L., he prays. God's like, ah, I'm not doing anything right now. It's the 90s. Everything's coasting for a while. Yeah. And he's like, ah, send my angels over to play baseball with the other angels, which is complicated to say, but I'm sure it won't cause any confusion. Um, so Christopher Lloyd comes with his cadre of seraphim and cherubim, and they help... Uh, <laughs> Sweet seraphim! Um, they win the ball game for all the teams involved, specifically the California Angels of Anaheim. <laughs> Uh, Los Angeles County, and, uh, you know, Danny Glover adopts the kids in the end. Tony Danza is a pitcher. He learns to believe him in himself. And, uh, I don't know, the radio guy's a dick? Yeah. yeah. That was all out of order, but they do win in the pennant in the end. Yeah. and By believing in themselves. The dad does not, actually. Oh, no, he's a dick. It was all a lie. But he's adopted by Danny Glover, so it worked out. A millionaire. He, and then he became Donald Glover, uh, <laughs> savant of uh, many Childish Gambino. I just To me, he'll always be Childish Gambino. He's always going to be. Joseph you. Gordon-Levitt will <laughs> always be Childish Gambino to me. Uh, that's the basic gist of it. Uh, whew, uh, whew, where to start with this one? Um, First off, God is real, and he's invested in major league games. They do this thing in this movie. I'm just going to go ahead and start complaining right away. Uh, I mean, and it's, it's to your point. <laughs> go ahead. To your point that you talked about at the beginning of the podcast where. Angels in America. They, you know, angels do exist, but they still are like, I don't know. Like the the guy, the boy, Jogo Lev, sees angels. Christopher Lloyd at some point comes over and he's like, here's the deal, kid. We'll only show up if you don't tell people. We don't always show up. You don't know when we're going to show up. No one can see us but you. Peace out. We'll see you later. And then and then the angels show up again later in the game, and Jogo Lev's like, you can't see them? And it's like, he just fucking told you. <laughs> that was like five seconds ago. I will partially defend Jogo Lev. Did mm-hmm. I say that right? Uh, Jogo I feel like Lev. you're intentionally struggling with this nickname because you don't like it, even though it's embraced. It's canon now. It's his name. I happen to love this nickname, and I resent the fact that you think that I'm having trouble with it intentionally. Anyway, Jubadoo. <laughs> In his defense, Christopher Lloyd is always like hiding rules. There's always secret rules that True. keep He's coming like, oh, up. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Oh, oh, oh Marty. <laughs> <laughs> Both excellent Christopher Lloyd impersonations. Yours, yours was actually pretty good. If you hadn't told me it was Christopher Lloyd, I would guess it was Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little Robin Williams, but I I will round up to Christopher. Ha, oh, haha! Mm, I know. Yeah. I know. Mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the guttural noises as impressions podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, 
the first time he shows up, he's like, hey, I heard your prayer, by the way. Uh, So uh, we're going to be here playing the game. See you around. And he's like, oh, my God, did you see that? And JB's like, what the fuck are you talking about, you schizophrenic asshole? Yeah. And then in the next game, uh, Christopher Lloyd's like, oh, I forgot to tell you the rules. Don't tell anyone. I know you told this one kid and Danny Glover, but don't tell anyone else. And so... Everyone pretty much knows about the angels at that point. It's stupid. And it's like a plot device just to make it so that we have this weird subplot with the effete gay guy who's sort of like like charged with watching them. That thank God he wasn't in Jurassic World because he would have been like shamelessly eaten by some dinosaur randomly. So Christopher Lloyd uh, tells him, oh, I know you told these two people, but don't tell anyone else. I forgot to tell you that earlier. And it's one of those moments where it's like, the reason you didn't tell him earlier is because the writer was like, I need these two characters to know, but I also need this weird moment with everyone else. Yeah. Where they can't know. Yeah. That there are actual angels happening and then or, uh, helping out. And then later during the pennant game, there is another weird moment like that where Christopher Lloyd pops in. Yeah. And says, Oh, we don't help during like division games. Right. And then for the rest of the game, everyone's like, do you see an angel? He's like, nah. And he keeps like looking around anxiously. I'm like, you know why there's no angels. Yeah. And secondly, you know, there will be no angels. So why don't you just fucking tell someone? It's to the point that it felt like the Christopher Lloyd scene was edited in after the fact. Yeah. He keeps looking around like very expectantly, like, like he's still surprised that they're not showing up yet. It's like. The bot. There is no game left. There's a, the, it's the bottom of the ninth. There's two outs. Like all he's got to do is get one more guy out. Right. And he's still like, oh, I don't know. They're not uh, here. Huh. Like, it's not happening. Maybe bro. Tony Danza will get an angel, despite all the information I have and have kept to myself. In fact, like he's dying in six months. Oh, wow. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got uh, a mini Jogo Lev. We got Matthew McConaughey's in this. Dermot Mulroney, Adrian Brody. Mm-hmm. Randomly in this movie, uh, doesn't get a lot to do. This is pre, uh, pre the Brodesons. It's always awkward when you see people like uh, Dermot Mulroney, Adrian Brody, the Pine Saw Woman, when they're in these movies, <laughs> movie and stars. they're sort of like, why? It feels like uh, from your like current perspective, you're like, why aren't they doing something? And it's like, oh, because Adrian Brody's like 22 yeah. and a half, and he just arrived in like Los Angeles seven months ago. He had a gunny sack, and <laughs> right, he's like. I've been riding the rails. And I want to be in a movie, Mr. Paramount. Uh, did anyone, when you were a little kid, ever say, you're my best friend, too? <laughs> no, but, I mean, that speaks more about me than anything else. I know. I'm wondering if, like, because that never happened to me either, and I wonder if maybe I missed out on having real friends. I thought Who I says that? Wait, I, I missed J- that. In JP this movie. says that to Roger, like in the very beginning. They're like riding bikes through. Oh, right. The ninth ward of New Orleans. It looks like. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, he's like, you're my best friend. He's like, you're my best friend too, JP. This JP kid, while adorable, gets on my fucking nerves. He. It doesn't feel like there's any reason he's supposed to be there aside from being adorable. He's very cute, but he serves no plot points. And half the time, the movie seems to think of him as an afterthought. At the end, when Danny Glover uh, adopts the two kids, he does it in a real fucked up way. Yeah. Because um, what happens is they get back to uh, Irish caregiver. 
Irish marm. Megan McLagan, and she's like, oh, children, come on in and have some boiled potatoes. And uh, she's like, oh, and by the way, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who I referred to about your actor's name, you got a call, you're being adopted. And JP, like, runs into her arms because he's so sad because his best friend, as you've established, is now being, like, taken away from him. And Danny Glover's like, oh, you know that call you got? That was me. You're going to live with me now. I'm going to be your dad. And then uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like, well, I can't leave annoying other character whose name we haven't really established at this point. <laughs> it's JP. You just, you <laughs> JP. just didn't listen. <laughs> uh, I can't leave JP. And he's like, oh, yeah. I can't leave JP either. He's coming too. And I'm like, well, why didn't you fucking say that? Because there's a child crying over here thinking he's being abandoned by everyone yeah. he's ever yeah. loved. <laughs> but you did this weird passive aggressive thing like mind games on this poor little kid. He's just uh, joking. He's joking with the kid. That's a fucked it's up a really, joke. It's really not not insensitive at all thing to thing to joke about. It's totally fine. Um Orphans love jokes about whether or not they're going to see their friends again. Yeah. It just feels good to laugh. Uh, I don't know what you were talking about, but I quoted you in my notes here. And you just said, oh, movie, don't. <laughs> Do you remember what that I was said about? That, I, well, first off, I said that a few times. Okay. But usually it was about the weird faces of the angels oh, and the yeah. CGI surrounding said Oof. angels. The CGI is really, I mean, it, it, you, you can tell it's people, an mm-hmm. odd number of larger people. Larger people. I mean, are you? About I'm going to gonna sound uh, like a horrible person, but are you imagine about to body, an, be a bodyist. <laughs> is that what you're about to do? Imagine an angel in your brain. Okay. Are they sort of a pear-shaped man? No. Well, this movie has has a lot of pear-shaped angels hmm. ready to play bases ball. You know, Damon, angels come in all shapes and sizes and actually fuck you for not knowing that. I don't I hate to be pedantic, but personally I believe that angels come in no shapes <laughs> or sizes. No sizes. So are you telling me right now, are you prepared to declare on this pu- a, pu- a public forum? I already regret saying this. Dozens of listeners. <laughs> that angels don't exist. Oh, yeah. I thought we were going back to the body shaming thing. But yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to say that. <laughs> I'm ashamed of what I'm saying about the body shaming. But it just seemed like they had a type for angels. And it seemed like I want all like bigger guys to like they if it was like angels on the offsides or whatever the the football the back end or whatever yeah. the fuck you would call it sure. i'd be like yeah this makes sense for because they're bigger they're like line yeah men. yeah but these well, are like they're always bigger guys well we didn't get the weird thing is like we got we got christopher lloyd and none of the other angels are like named or have lines or anything they're just kind of like hijinxing right. So we've got the most. The one we see the most is the woman, who like she masseuses she, and everyone. she doesn't do more things. We just get longer shots of her because she's like massaging Adrian Brody's uh, shoulders in one scene, and then uh, Tony Danza's in another. The like, boss, I'm stressed out. Yeah. Uh, so we we don't we see her twice, but she doesn't get line. She just kind of like knowingly looks or whatever, and 
it's all very weird. <laughs> and it's all very fuzzy. Like it's well, early CGI and they're obviously people filmed in robes. Don't also forget that we watched this on a pirated <laughs> version somewhere on the internet. I can't say where, Fair. but it rhymes with smooth flube. Fair enough. But I remember even as I remember even as a kid being like, ooh, they're kind of sort of fuzzy. And they yeah. kind of get around it because one, they're angels. Two, they're these ethereal beings, so right. they can be sort of fuzzy around the edges. But it's especially seeing it now, it's like, whew. It's straight up, straight to video uh, graphics. Angels are just humanoid beings. Just get a guy in a suit. I feel like the, what they did was like, we can just have a guy in a suit, but we can also add all these after effects to him. And right. I was like, that was your mistake because this you. is weird. Yeah. Um, they look like they're all like being flushed down the toilet. <laughs> Every angel looks does, like yeah. he's being flushed down the toilet. There's a there's a scene early on with uh, in the foster home with uh, Maggie Hurtard and, ah, and hey, oh, JP Mrs. and Roger, and then another foster kid, Miguel. And it's just a master class of acting. Just <laughs> like if you could just watch that and just learn, just just absorb the knowledge. I think yeah. it's great. I think it was the first take, and they were like, we're, that's lunch? Well, that's lunch. <laughs> and then they forgot to come back to it, I think. I don't know what happened. Uh, it's not. It's just, there's a lot of really bad acting in this movie, but that just... There's I people think it's reacting there's three kids. to things that have not happened? Yeah. Uh, Maggie's character, she, the, the foster mother character... Kerber Herida. Yeah. She says... <laughs> She says like two lines before the kid reacts. It's very bizarre. But those two lines require that child to react. Yeah. It was weird. I mean, let's let's be frank here. Disney, there's a re- when you think of Disney movies, you don't think of live action movies. Certainly not in this era. I think yes, this is the nineties is, is the worst era. This and then uh, you know, we watched Mighty Ducks. I think uh not to give away our review, but like I think Mighty Ducks, while not a masterpiece by any means, is like shitting all over this, from what I remember. Yeah, I might, I might give the edge to Mighty Ducks on this. I think um, it's just because there's older kids, so they do a little bit of a better job. Um, Plus the sheer charisma and star power of Emilio Estevez. Uh, I think every like the '80s live action Disney movies. I remember being like, as a kid, I remember them all being like weird period dramas. That involved some animal that you knew was not going to make it through. And everyone was wearing like grays and browns. Everyone was like wearing like page boy caps, like white fang. There was like some sort Mm. of like, there was one where this like sort of soft butch girl was like riding the rails like at the turn of the century. (laughs) And I remember as a kid being like, I don't want to watch any of this. (laughs) How can Disney be? It's. Disney in the 80s was like the Express for Men of movie studios because Express for Men in the 2000s had like business casual wear, business or business wear, and then they had like casual wear. And the business wear was like, okay, these are well-made shirts with well-made pants. And then the casual wear was just like a dragon embroidered on a gross tie-dyed t-shirt. It was like, how can one company make both of these things? 
like and the most strained <laughs> metaphor I've ever heard in my life. Stay with me because it's really never going to come together. <laughs> and Disney is like that. It was like they were making The Little Mermaid in the same decade they were making this shit movie about some kid doing the Iditarod. And I'm like, no one wants to watch that. <laughs> People want to watch The Mermaid Woman. No one wants to watch this kid fight Kevin Spacey in Alaska. No one wants to watch that. I think I'm right about that. You can Certainly not now. Me. Yeah. Oh, not anymore. Mm. Danny Glover's a real d bag at the beginning of this movie. He's a, yeah. I didn't remember that from the original watching that he was like so overwhelmingly mean. We were just complaining in the last movie in uh, Little Big League that the Dennis Farina character, which is the angry manager before the main character takes over, um, he wasn't that bad. He was like yelling at his character. He wasn't a good guy or anything, but he was like kind of yelling at his players. But it was like, so what? <laughs> um, but. Danny Glover is literally brawling with his own team. <laughs> he's rude to everyone. He's like, he punches the, the, who will become the villain of the movie, kind of the, uh, broadcaster. The, yeah. The voice of the angels, um, uh, team. Um, he like socks him during an interview. Like he's not so, the voice of the angels. Right. He's not like, <laughs> he's not the holy Gabriel host. Or, yeah. Right. Um, so I, I guess to give some, something to this movie, they do, give him a bigger turnaround. You know what I mean? They, Cause he's a very, he's in a very bad place at the beginning of this movie. Emotionally. Right. And as the, far as the team goes, they're in last place. They're not winning at all. And he's literally punching his own players. I know they have to get the plot moving, but this sort of plays into what I think is the main problem of this movie where sort of what Roger Ebert calls the idiot plot, where if everyone was just acting like a normal human being, none of this would happen. But everything that everyone does in this movie, like, is because the plot requires them to act this way, not because their character would act this way. So Danny Glover, uh, by coincidence, after the first game the angels, the ethereal angels, uh, participate in, um, J. Jujab. J.P. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, J.P. wins a chance to uh, get a photo op with... I would argue that's not by coincidence. The angels, no, no, you're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I don't have to argue it. The angels made him <laughs> right. win the thing. You're absolutely right. I apologize um, <laughs> to you and the heavenly host above us. Um, um, that was horrible. You have a beautiful singing voice. <laughs> don't. That wasn't me. Oh. Oh, wow. The heavenly host. They Danny all sing Glover? through. Danny strange. Glover, come on in. Nope. Oh, no, he's, he's not shy. here yet. He's actually in the bathroom. He said he'll he'll come back. He'll come back in a few. <laughs> Just to say one line. And leave. <laughs> um. So JP wins a chance to get his picture taken with uh, Knox, George Knox, Ralph Knox, Jimmy Knox, George Knox, Jimmy Knox. Uh, it's whatever. Uh, with Jan- Danny, Danny Glover. And and uh, that's when JGL uh, explains, oh, yeah, I saw some angels with you. I'm crazy. And Danny Glover's like, this kid's crazy. I don't want to be around him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, two scenes later, he's at their door with the photo in hand, the printed out photo in hand. And he's like, oh, is uh, Billy Robeson around? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, well, that's because he, go ahead. Okay. He investigates the claims of the crazy kid, yeah. talks to Matthew McConaughey, talks to Fatty Boom Batty, and they're 
And they're like, oh, yeah, I totally felt a presence around me. Yeah. And Danny Glover's like, well, I guess I got to talk to this crazy kid again. And then he takes the kid to the baseball game. He takes uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and JP and Buys he some peanuts and hires his, his gay assistant to watch yeah. them. Mm. Uh, and then um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like, there's an angel. Yeah. Look, there's an angel. And Danny Glover's like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. Don't ask me any questions. <laughs> After like seconds earlier, he was like, hey, do you see any angels around? Like right. no one is acting in any way that makes any sense. Yeah, that's the weird thing is he literally asked him, do you see any angels? And then later he mentions that and he's like, don't say your language. I think, no, he doesn't say, don't say it so loud. He says, don't, don't call me it. over here for yeah. all, every little thing. Right. And I'm like, then why is the child here? You hate children and you don't believe their story. What the fuck are we even doing here, movie? And I walked out. I walked out of the theater. Yeah, you did. We we had a theater brought in. I was here, I was there. Ship it in, boys. <laughs> um, and I feel like that happens later as well. Like he gets angry that something's happening. I'm like, you asked for this to happen. Yeah, yeah. And that's not a good story because I can't remember the specific instance that I'm talking about. Well, between that and and just how cagey Christopher Lloyd's character is, like I know he's supposed to be sort of like holding back back rules yeah he's supposed to be like kind of zany i think but it comes off as like just sort of dickish like it's like why are why are you just coming up with these arbitrary rules right uh there is another instance i just remembered where uh her to hand hair and she's like <laughs> oh joseph gordon levitt you gotta go to court today and he's like but we got a game today and she's like well i can't change it i was just on the phone trying to change it and he's like but about the game and she should have been like i already answered this question we're going to court and they go to court and they just sit outside the courtroom and we go into the court briefly where dermot mulroney's just being the same dick he was in the first scene yeah and then the judge rules all right he ain't your kid anymore legally speaking and then her and hannah and joseph gordon levitt come back and come into the courtroom and I'm like, is this what you had to be here for, to walk into the courtroom after the trial was over? Now, they could have been there earlier, but we never saw that. So it just yeah. seemed like the plot needed Joseph Gordon-Levitt to be here so that the angels can lose over here. It yeah. just it was infuriating. I like following up. I don't mind like just pretending I don't see things with movies. Right. But if you're just going to rip the seams in front of me, yeah. I'm just going to be like, well... This isn't working. You gotta, this isn't holding you gotta do together. a good job at it. Like they li- like they could have even used that same device and just had him have to be in the courtroom. Right. You know what I mean? Like there there were ways around it. It's like, oh hey, Dylan McDermott Mulrooney is here and I can't I have to be here so that he can abandon Bob me. Bob Dylan McDermott Mulrooney <laughs> is here. Uh I got a sideshow talk- Bob Dylan Dylan McDermott Mulrooney. I think this more than the other movies that that we've been talking about. It's like for a younger demographic potentially, like three to five. Three to five? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what age do you think they're targeting here? Because it's very like, on one hand, like no kid is going to watch n- the 90 minutes of this. I mean, it's not, it's not, it doesn't, it's not as bloated as Little Big League. We were just, we just realized it was two hours long, but it is like, Zany, but only in very brief bursts. Yeah, I would say 
the target audience is like eight to twelve. Yeah, I mean, I figure like whatever the main character is is a good bet, and he's sure. he's what like 12, 11, 12? Yeah, maybe that makes sense. But they didn't really. Well, I mean, no one farts at any point in the movie. To its credit, we do get someone sitting in nachos and mustard. We get getting hit in the balls with balls. Who gets hit with the in the balls? When the, balls? When the angel is making the uh, when uh, Adrian Brody gets his infield bloop hit. Oh, the and errors. They, yeah, the the Christopher Lloyd's making the ball move around, so all the other players the, of the opposing team are going after it, and then it just hits one of the guys in the balls. Of course, yeah. it does. Yeah, because I mean. Yeah, it's got to happen at least once. And we all have balls, so we all can relate to that, right? Right. High five. It's the sound of skin hitting skin. We have something troubling that occurs uh, that has troubling implications. Um, so Troubling is a troubling word these days. Well, but it doesn't go that far, but... Okay. but there's a scene where they're sort of mid-winning streak, and the angels are helping the angels... And Danny Glover is arguing. He's slipping back into his own ways, and he's arguing with the umpire. Yeah. And then Christopher Lloyd comes on. You see him basically mouth the words that Danny Glover says, and he basically says, it was a lovely call, and you're a brilliant man. And he basically, you know, charms the umpire and walks away or whatever. So the implication there is that angels can control minds, which, of course, they can if they're angels, right? No. Right? God gave us free will to make our own decisions. Mm, but he's um, he's omnipotent, you know? He can do whatever he wants. I mean, he can control our minds, theoretically, but he doesn't because he wants to have us have free will. But, you know... He not- wants us to be able to reject him if we so choose, but he also knows whether we're going to reject him or not because he created us, so is there really anything about free will that makes any sense at all? Uh, and how does that apply to baseball? So, like, couldn't he just make the Angels a better team? That's what. That's. I mean, like, that's the easy answer for a very boring movie. <laughs> sure, I mean, that would not be. And they were good. Uh, and they, thanks for coming to the movie, everyone. Boy, they re- Let's just run out the clock for another hour. They really shored up their fundamentals. Uh, another one <laughs> zero show, win. They for just the show the that angels. practice for the next hour. And they kind of did though. Like before, the Angels were helping in all these games. They're all zero zero, which is actually some really good pitching on the Angels side. <laughs> Because they're they're like all these are like pitchers duels, and then all of a sudden something wacky would happen, and they'd score a run at the bottom of the ninth. That happened like the first two games, which I'm like, got some solid pitching here. Well, God knows you don't want to rush into a winning streak. You yeah, want to build up to it yeah. by having slow motion balls and you know 18 errors on a single play. You want that sort of like, oh, no one's gonna see too no. much into this. <laughs> yeah, they're not gonna notice that. I mean, uh, if we want to really delve into why I lost my faith, we can talk about free will and God being omnipotent because it makes no fucking sense. Was that why? I mean, that's one of the factors where I'm like, how can I have free will if God created me to be a certain way? Mm. I just read the Bible. If God knew... Well, I mean, that, that was also was another me. factor where I was like, <laughs> oh, this guy's crazy. I was... Uh, Kill I'm- your kid. Just kidding. There's a ram right here. <laughs> But I wanted to see if you would kill your kid for me, which makes you a good person and me a great person. Good job, F+. (laughs) You're going to hell. Especially the Old Testament. It gets... The Old Testament is messed up. My favorite is the Ten Plagues of Egypt, where after, like, Plague Mm. 4, the Pharaoh's like, you know what? Take them. Get 
out of here. <laughs> and God's like, uh-uh, I like a nice round number. I'm not done yet. Harden your heart. I want to keep my people in slavery a little longer <laughs> and kill a bunch of peasants that have no control over whether uh, Israelites are slaves or not. I'm going to kill a bunch of Egyptian peasants that can do nothing to escape this. Yeah. Just to make a point. And I'm also going to kill their firstborn sons. Who also have nothing to do with this. And Pharaoh wanted to let him go. That actually happened in Angels in the Outfield, too. Which is weird. <laughs> they just started putting... Some of the uh, fans started just putting blood on, over their seats. And the, the angels stands, would pass over them. And they would just pass right over. Did it bother you there were so many angels in the infield? <laughs> You thought, well, he's, he mentions that they're in the outfield and they're in the infield. Hey, but uh, uh, let me tell you something. The movie ain't called Angels in the Field. That's true. Tell you what. By the way, tell you what is one of my favorite I'll things. tell you Just what. throw it in at the end. Tell you what. Go, go ahead. They're laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> yeah. Also, God can control our minds, but angels shouldn't have that power. Yeah, I'm I'm always a little fuzzy on the angel power list here. Like You know what they... else is fuzzy? The Bible, but go what? on. <laughs> What's their HP? Like what are they like <laughs> how does this stack up? Uh their attack like... is plus seven, but their defense is plus three. So you probably don't want them if you're in like a battle, like a card sure. battle against like a really powerful mage. So they're like chaotic. I mean <laughs> Christopher Lord is chaotic good. I mean, like, that's... Right. right. He is chaotic good. Yeah. God is also chaotic neutral. Um, <laughs> House gets struck by lightning. Uh, well, because I... If I recall the Bible correctly, which I definitely don't, um, a lot of messaging. That's the main thing that... Uh, yeah, a lot of, also, like, uh, email... They're like, basically, yeah, they're like the, the hey, uh, I got to tell you something. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. You were saying about angels. Uh, I don't understand. I don't know powers. the powerless. I don't know how it works. So like, but because some of them do have distri- or, uh, display some powers, right? Jacob fought an angel. Yeah. Jacob, Elijah, Isa. They fought someone. Them. He fought them? someone fought an angel. So you can do that. They also keep people out of gardens, flaming swords. Hey, stay out of the grass. This is me waving a sword really fast. But they also, uh, I mean, if we believe um, extra canonical stuff, um, they also sure, bring it on. don't like people much at all. And some of them mm. decided to defy God. And uh, well, that's Lucifer, right? Like right. that's, yeah. Mm. That's, is that in the Bible? No. That he fell from, I thought it was in the Bible. I mean, it's hinted at in the Bible, but the story of Lucifer falling from the Bible isn't right. really in there. Oh. So who ta- when they taught me that in uh, school, that was just, they were like, here's what we I remember asking my mom, I was like, where's the story of Lucifer? Because it sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it's J- Job. And I remember reading Job. I'm like, this isn't about Lucifer at all. Yeah. So and it's just like in the no Rosetta Stone? Where is it? Uh, I mean, I think it was like <laughs> sort of a myth What's that the... built around Lucifer. And... Dead Sea Scrolls, that's uh, but I don't think it's I don't it's hinted at in the Bible, but it's never in the Bible. Hmm. Paradise Lost is a good story, but I mean that's not really hmm. that's not the Bible at all. Hmm. And the story, the idea of G, of the devil being the snake in the garden was also made up. Really? Yeah, I mean that's hinted at later on in the New Testament, but it's never in the Old Testament that oh yeah, this was the devil. 
It was just a serpent? Just this talking snake. Like you have. Yeah. I mean, if it was the devil, why did God curse all the snakes? They're like, we don't know him. He was just in disguise. <laughs> so before, like, all the snakes were just kind of dicks. I guess so. They were like... <laughs> or hanging out in fruit trees, at least. Like, do you think, like, everything... They were all, like, sort of salesmen, like, hey, <laughs> heard God wasn't letting you eat these uh, figs. What's Have his, one. What's his deal? Have one. Make it into a Newton. See what I care. <laughs> People are going to think it's an apple anyway. White people. <laughs> They're going to think, one, you're white, and that this is an apple. Uh, at one point, Danny Glover says he's like having a kind of heart-to-heart with the boys. They've had a tough day. I think it's after the, is it after the dad rejects him? I don't know, but he's like, you don't want to end up like me. And then we're like, a millionaire manager of a baseball club? I know he's an asshole, but it was like, things are going pretty well, like, in general. You've got a successful baseball team. You seem to have a a steady career with the Cincinnati Reds for a period. Yeah, he was like a manager of them for, like, a decade and had one bunch of things, I guess. If we're just going to complain about weirdo lines in the movie... Please. My favorite was... uh, Danny Glover, as he's starting to warm up to the idea of kids, he comes over to uh, the house with, mm-hmm. you know, JP and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, and makes meatloaf for them. Yeah. And uh, this is after the team loses and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's dad, like, legally emancipates himself from his own kid, yeah. which I didn't think was a thing, but I guess so. Um yes. And uh, Danny Glover says something like, blah, 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 aren't angels great or something. And <laughs> Justin Gordon-Levitt's like, me? I don't believe in angels anymore. <laughs> like, wait. And to me, I was like, you've fucking seen them. That's yeah. like the biggest hurdle to jump is like, oh, there's flying beings around? Oh, I know I've seen them, but I don't believe them. To me, that's like saying, oh, cars? I don't believe in those anymore. Like, they're around. You've seen them in action. Because my dad was Henry Ford and he left. Like, yeah, (laughs) it doesn't doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's the hardest part. (laughs) And God's like, you know what? I know what I say, like, about faith. But you, I'm just going to show up and just bring my clan around. Not clan. Bring my posse around and show you what we're about. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like, yeah. I don't believe in them anymore. Fuck you, kid. A little doubting Roger. It's in the New Testament. And that's why he stuck his finger into Danny Glover's side. To feel the wound. Uh, That's weird. While going off the faith thing, just one more thing. Danny Glover, uh, on on the game that Joseph Gordon-Levitt misses... Uh, the villain, Boo Hiss. Ranch Wilder. Radio announcer, Ranch Wilder. Uh... He finds JP, he overhears JP talking about angels, mm-hmm. and he goes up to him and he's like, are you saying there's real angels about? Uh, and JP's like, yeah, angels are real, and they're helping the Los Angeles angels. And he's like, that's confusing. We got angels helping angels. He's like, I know. I wish we had picked a different team, but... <laughs> the original the- was the pirates, but the <laughs> angels, I'm not sure, existed. Yeah, I'm not sure what year I don't that, think they did, but, you know, I thought that, I think that someone like thought it would be cute, but then they realized it was sort of confusing as the story went on. Uh and so that sort of becomes a story that Danny Glover's character believes that angels are actually helping the angels win. Mm. And I was like, 
Look, I don't follow the baseball, but I do know that there's a bunch of motherfucking superstitious fucks who play sports. They don't change their jock straps. They bring orphan children to games. <laughs> like the idea like, oh, this man believes in some sort of Judeo-Christian mythology and he uses it to win baseball games. And to top it off, they are winning. So I'm going to like pick on the own my own team, which apparently employs me. And, like, try and, like, do him in. Like, it makes no fucking sense. And the fact that everyone reacts like, what a weirdo. Yeah. He really is superstitious and is helping our team win. After being in last place, suddenly we're in first place. It's dumb. The whole the whole Ranch Wilder as the villain thing is very confusing. Because uh, he's like, so they sort of hint at a, at a backstory. They don't do a great job at it, but, like, they used to be on a team together. I'm guessing they were on the Reds together. Yeah, and and uh, when they were players, uh, Ranch like broke. It's a weird name. Yeah, for broke Knox's leg or something, something like that. Or, yeah, like he injured, slid injured into home yeah. cleats up because I think Danny Glover was the catcher. I think so. Yeah. I think that was the picture you saw. It was like him in the catchers. Yeah, and so he like basically wrecked his playing career, and so they've kind of been rivals ever since. So there's some history behind it, but Ranch works for the Angels. Yeah, because he gets fired by the but owner gets, of the Angels. He, but he he he's on the radio station, which I guess maybe could be owned by the by the angels i don't know he gets fired by the owner later so he works for this team but he's actively rooting against them like on the air right like not just to himself although he does that too but like he's like not just like complaining like all we like we baseball fans get mad at announcers all the time because they're like what a fucking asshole play by asshole mcgee (laughs) and you're like listen you're not helping right now (laughs) you know what i mean because you're like already Uh pissed at your team and then this guy's like but he's not actively rooting against them. He's just upset because he also wants the team to win. Like that's kind of the fun of listening to your hometown right. radio station is that they're on your side. But like, also, this I mean, is the this guy's career here. you would think would be bolstered by the fact that this team that has been lingering in last place, I assume for at least one season so well, his far when the movie begins, is on the up and up. Right? It's yeah. like why are you actively rooting against this guy just because you hate Danny Glover and probably are a racist? Um, should we talk about that press conference? No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have nothing to say except it was so exhausting and dumb. I kept waiting. It was like, it's sort of like a, you, you ever hear a song? I feel like whenever I think of this phrase, I think of Jason Mraz just because that's who I associate it with it. But it's like, you ever hear a song, you're waiting for the melody to kick in and you're like, is this just going to be a sort of a rambling song? <laughs> has no melody, nothing to hook into that's what i felt like with this press conference where it was just like yeah. i'm waiting for that i know you're gearing me up for some sort of inspirational moment here we go so you're just gonna sort of talk well and then the irish woman gets up she, for a Maggie little bit kind of delivers that she's like hurt 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 and then the guys sort of stand of up and only, and only two people like have lines and then the rest are like Disney's like, we're not paying for everyone to have a line. So yeah. everyone's just going to be paid like extra work. So just have them stand up silently. Uh, it was just like, I don't know. It was like 
it felt like it was a templated scene, like waiting yeah. for me, like hoping that I would remember other scenes like this and be like, okay, I know the feeling you want me to feel. I got it. <laughs> I've got I can it. coast from here. <laughs> I, I have a, a question. So in, in the end of the movie, we're happy because uh, Knox has adopted Roger and JP and right. JP sees Christopher Lloyd's angel character in the right. window. But he's never seen him before, and it just looks like Christopher Lloyd, like, tipping his cap. Yeah. So I know that there's there's some inference, and we know he's the angel, but isn't it kind of weird that JP's not like, who the fuck is that in our window? Does anyone see that glowing man in the window? <laughs> I just feel like he should have been a little bit more like, what? Well, I mean, I think at that point, uh, pardon the pun, but I've lost all faith in the movie. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Sure. Christopher Lloyd, he's flying out the goddamn window. And let me tell you, here's another way I lost my faith was the line that's oft repeated throughout this movie. Uh, Christopher Lloyd says it several times throughout the movie, which is, uh, what does he say? No matter where you are, we're always watching. Yeah. He says that a couple times. I don't think it's a coincidence that I lost my faith around 14 or 15 years old. You know, time a growing boy might be concerned (laughs) that people might always be watching. Uh, It creeped me the fuck out. Yeah, it's weird. Like, hey, God, how about some me time? Back off. Yeah. Uh, We're always watching. Always watching. Ooh, and he always, like, does some weird finger yeah. motion, like yogurt from Spaceballs. Like, <laughs> all right, dude, cool it. There are children around. Okay, before we go to the verdict, I have to issue a correction. Oh, please. About the ownership and the name of... The Angels. So I said they're the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, and they were, which is stupid, but they were for a while. Um, Until 1965, they were the Los Angeles Angels. Then they were the California Angels during this movie up until 1996. And then they were the Anaheim Angels. And then they were, I don't, it was like right after this movie in 97 when they were purchased by Disney. Disney likes to purchase teams they used in a movie after the fact. Yeah. And then that was until about I don't know if this when the ownership changed over, but um, they became in 2005 they became the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim because they needed to have Anaheim somewhere in the name because of their stadium deal. It was some weird thing, and then the ownership changed, and they're still in Anaheim, but they're the Los Angeles Angels again since 2015. Why can't they just be the California Angels since they're bouncing all over the goddamn state anyway? I have no idea. But there, there are apparently lots of contractual reasons why <laughs> names are a certain way. But it's really stupid. Um, Wait. No verdict yet. Because we have to talk about the line that I hate the most. Danny Glover's line? Well, we haven't talked about that yet. We which is the line that. that we love the most. Okay. Okay. But the line I hate the most is during the scene where uh, J.G. Joe uh, gets told by his father that, uh, uh, where I'm sitting... When the angels win the pennant, that's when there'll be a family again. So which triggers the boy to pray mm-hmm. that the angels win the pennant. And he says one of the weirdest tropes in movies. Whereas if I were God, I'd be so... The minute I heard this, I'd be like, I'm not fucking helping you. I don't care how divorced your parents are. <laughs> Super um, divorced. And I feel like I'm trying to think of other movies. I know I have heard this before, but it's... And I'm going to use my voice, but it's going to sound more like Milhouse, as you pointed out. But he goes, God, if there is a God, like, I'm already not on your side, kid. Whoever this is, 
this is heaven. We thank you for your call. <laughs> but our operators are very busy your right now. Your number cannot be completed as dialed. Um, it just drives me insane. The minute he said, God, I was like, he's going to say if there is a God. <laughs> and he said, if there is a God. I will say, though, in this movie's defense, it then cuts to a, a shot out the window where you see a very CGI starry night. Yeah. And I was like, here we go. Here we fucking go. And your wife even pointed out, like, well, how do you know if God even heard you if there isn't a shooting star? And I was just waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Twinkling star, not a shooting star. Yeah, just star. a big flash. Basically, a, so what I'm saying is this movie's the most creative movie ever. Basically, watched. a supernova happened somewhere <laughs> because a whole galaxy was destroyed. God wanted you to know he heard you, so he exploded a star, <laughs> destroyed any life that was on that planet. But they're not. But the I heard ones. you, young boy. Consider those people that lived on that planet Canaanites. Fuck them. <laughs> okay. Another way I lost my faith. On to the verdict. Sure. Um, what you think of this movie, Damon? This movie's shit. This is uh, one of the worst ones we've watched in a little while. Yeah, it's not. It's not probably it's not in our ever. top five or anything. No, but not it's... ever. But we've had a okay run. Uh, Although I will say, I didn't get like actively. I mean, this is faint praise, but I didn't get actively bored by the movie. Maybe because it's not a very long movie. Yeah. So I didn't have time to be like, oh, like Little Big League, which I think is a better movie, but I got it's bored during yeah. it. So that, it's weird that that's a compliment, but I, we have to give them credit that this is not too long. Yes. Which is a weird thing that is very common apparently in movies is that you could have just cut them. Um, this is trash. It's a, it's a bad movie. <laughs> I will say, I mean, I think one of the weird flaws of this movie is that, I don't know, I expected it to be funnier, or I expected it to be more dramatic, or I, it, like, tried to toe this line, and it almost did it, like, so perfectly, in a weird way, that I'm like, was this supposed to be a comedy, or was this supposed to be sort of like a family drama? But it's not... Yeah. No, this is... It's not overwhelmingly funny. No. It's not overwhelmingly... It's wacky. wacky aside it's, from its premise. Yeah, it's wackier than you know the last. I guess it is kind of wacky. Little Big League for sure. But it's it's not as wacky as it could have been, which is can be a saving grace, I guess. I think for the for the premise of this podcast, if you were going to go back and watch it, don't. I, I don't think it's worth it. Your inner child was an idiot. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I would agree. It. Your inner child is an idiot. So we, if we got to stack it up to the other our triplet movies here, so I don't. Uh, I vaguely remember. Uh, rookie of the year being it was kind of sillier than it was more it was closer to this than it was to little big league like it was sillier um certainly but i will say that little big league tries to be much more dramatic than this yeah which may be also its fatal flaw where it doesn't lean into that silliness of a child coaching a fucking major league team saying it out loud is offensive to me i'm not like if you drew a you know histogram of where these uh movies ranked they're not going to be far apart but to me it's going to go little big league rookie of the year and then this one if i had to rank them i would rank them rookie of the year as probably the most enjoyable yeah little big league and then this one yeah 
I, I could go back and forth. I might need to uh, revisit Rookie of the Year. I think Rookie of the Year has, it's not a great movie. Yeah. Um, but I would probably certainly, if I stumbled upon it on TBS, I would guess. Anyone? TBS? Yeah. Uh, on a Saturday afternoon, not a night or morning, um, I would probably watch it at least a good half hour before changing yeah. it. Um, Plus you love Daniel Stern. so he, he just... I do love, oh, Fuck, I just remembered he was in it. <laughs> and he's and got Gary that, Busey. You love both got of them that so thing. much. He's got the chaw in his mouth, and it's so <sighs> gross. Okay. I would say that was be- that was a funnier movie, and it's trying to be a funny movie. Right. Yeah. This is a f- movie trying to be funny that's not that funny. I think we all know what we need to, to close this out. We need the quote that we've been waiting for. Oh, do you want to set this clip up? please because people will think we're just playing the movie sure uh danny will you come in (laughs) what is this the shadow like come on (laughs) thanks daniel um (laughs) daniel Uh, please call me daniel thanks dd um so it's the towards the end of the movie tony danza's character is on the mound he's got one strike left how many pitches has he thrown He's thrown 154. 56. 56, which is a lot. And I can throw like three things maybe in succession, and I still wouldn't hit the same mark every time. I slept on my left side last night, and my <laughs> arm hurt. So, uh, so And also, there are no angels coming, nope, as we learned. There are no coming. pennant play for, for angels. They won't, they won't help in a championship, but uh, Danny Glover tells the kid he's going to go tell Tony Danza that there is. And so he goes out there. He goes out there uh, and Tony Danza assumes, of, oh, he's going to pull me out of the game. He's already got warm-up pitchers going. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's like, I don't have it in me anymore. This is Tony Danza speaking, of course. Yeah. Um, and uh, he says, you got one pitch left in you. Right. You've got a strike left in you. And then uh, Jeju Jab gets up and Does starts doing the flap. 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 Which triggers flap. the whole stadium to do the flapping. Cue the music. Wait, that's a different song, but still. Yeah. Uh, and Danny Glover turns. <laughs> right. Somewhere in my dreams. Joe Pesci and <laughs> Daniel Stern <laughs> robbed me. Yes, good. Yes. Um and Danny Glover turns back to to uh, oh, the score while you oh do yeah it. Thank you. he turns back to to Tony Danza and says you got an angel with you right now <laughs> thank, thank you, you Danny, Dan- Glover. Danny Glover Emmy winner and Grammy winner surprisingly he's he's an Oscar away from an egot <laughs> what uh, no that's <laughs> um thank you so much. Stop stomping around. It's an audio just, podcast. Yeah, you, you could just stay you here. Know, you think like 25 years in the so business, he'd be like, you know, yeah, like know these things. Everyone, thanks for listening to Your Inner Child is an Idiot and to Danny Glover. Call our hotline. Let us know what you think. What uh, What do you want us to watch? What do you have thoughts on? Give us your memory. 615-576. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Give us your memories. 
Share your memories with us. 615-576-0525. You can email us at yourinnerchildisanidiot at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Y-I-C-I-A. Give us your memories. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram where Damon's going to be really working on those The very drawings. idea that they would give us your memories. Uh, you can find Damon on Twitter at Damon's Xanthi. Go for it. You can find me on Twitter at DJ Phillips. You can... Become a patron of this podcast. You can help us keep creating amazing content like this. Patreon.com slash You're a Child's an Idiot. We want to thank some of our current patrons, including Jacob Grimm, Jeremy Powlin, Joshua Nicholson, Karen Kurd, Larissa Maestro, Dan McIntyre, Ghost in the Burbs, and Jonathan Day. Thank you guys very much. You help us keep making this thing. So uh, you can you also keep giving us your memories and we'll keep <laughs> altering them. You can you can also uh, rate and review us on iTunes. I want to thank my friend Russ Weaver for the use of his song "Top of Two for their ad music. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you, you, you have got an, an angel with you right now. I mean, uh, you, got you, do an, you got an angel with you right now. I feel like we're getting into a... Come on in. I boiled oh. you a boot. Oh, I'm an angel. Oh. Wait, which one was that one? That was supposed to be Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Oh. Oh. Why is it constantly being disturbed? Didn't that seem random?